We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America. It's a Sunday night. We start the week off with some interesting uh, guests, our friends in Canada. We'll get to them. And also a very interesting one about lost media. And I'll explain that in just a little bit. But really, I wanted to start with a few other topics that are going on. And I know that 11 o'clock on a Sunday night on uh, why, even though we're on across uh, so many different states, 30 some states, I know that there's a certain fatigue that goes on with this topic, but man, it was so hard to escape from any of it on social media or anything else over the weekend. That's all that it was consumed. It was just all terrible, gross, uh, mean, vile stuff. That's all it was. It's all, all social media this weekend was completely negative. I don't know if I saw anything good on social media. Probably the only thing posted good was when I put up a picture of my bacon Sundays, which I do on Sundays. I, I bake bacon. Yeah. But otherwise, there wasn't a whole lot there. We're just a few days away from the inauguration on January 20th of Joe Biden. And there's debates that went over the weekend. What do they want to do with Donald Trump? Do the Democrats want to try to impeach? Will they go through and follow through on impeachment? Are they going to try to push for 25th Amendment? Are they not going to? Are they just doing this for political purposes? Well, sure. I mean, Roy Blunt was on earlier today, and I think I'll play a moment of that when he was mentioning, and I, I think Roy Blunt has a pretty good grasp of what's going on here. I wanted to start with a commentary on the Hill, and the commentary is from Jonathan Turley, if you remember him, he was one of the scholars that spoke during this impeachment that happened last year. He was a liberal scholar that spoke on behalf of, hey, this is not a good use of impeachment. And they did not take him seriously, considering that this was uh, run with the pretext that, hey, uh, Donald Trump's a terrible person. So when he was answering questions or given the opportunity to ask questions, he was definitely outnumbered by a hostile uh, questioning agency there. So when he went up there and said, this is not a good use of it, it's you're you're really stretching in probably way out of bounds when it comes to the threshold for it. He wanted to talk about the idea of impeachment a second time around. And in this commentary on the Hill, 
uh, Jonathan Turley expressed these views. And I thought it was pretty good. In fact, I wanted to kind of give you the gist of it. And I wanted to let you know that, well, we're up into for the next 20 minutes or so. Could take some calls. But it was author Frank Kafka once wrote, and he said, my guiding principle is this. Guilt is never to be doubted. That's the opening quote. Said Democrats suddenly appear close to adopting that standard into the Constitution when they prepare for a second impeachment of President Trump. With seeking his removal for incitement, Democrats would gut not only the impeachment standard, but also free speech, all in a mad rush to remove Trump just days before his term ends. So his whole point is the precedent that could be set with a second impeachment, the precedent saying that, number one, does this violate any law? Okay, does this violate incitement laws? And the answer most certainly is no. You may agree that, uh, uh, you know, I've seen some people go on and they'll say that his words definitely riled people up to act in a certain way. But was he inciting people as in was he giving commands for people to commit acts of violence? And that is completely opposite of the things he was saying during this speech. So this is what he says. If you're going to go and cite that and say, hey, it was this speech that he gave beforehand that caused this thus in uh, it, it was incitement, then no, it's a bad case. And then even on top of that, when he says the standard for impeachment, if you're just going to use this because you don't like the guy, if you're going to use it for this sake, then what does that say about the institution when it comes to impeachments in general? What does it say about the threshold of what you can use in order to impeach a sitting president? If he thought the last threshold was out of bounds, what does he think about this one even more? He said, when I testified in the impeachment hearings of Trump and Bill Clinton, I noted that an article of impeachment does not have to be based on any clear crime, but that Congress has looked to the criminal code to weigh impeachment offenses for this controversy. Any such comparison would dispel claims of criminal incitement. For this controversy now, he says, any such comparison would dispel claims of criminal incitement. He goes on to mention, uh, Trump told the crowd to peacefully and patriotically make your voices be heard. These kinds of legal challenges have been made by Democrats in the past under the Electoral Count Act, meaning that on the day when the Electoral College votes were being settled between each individual state. If you want to look back even in recent history, in 2000, there were Democrats that stood up and challenged the Electoral College vote. In 2004, they stood up and challenged the Electoral College vote. In 2016, they stood up and challenged the Electoral College vote. This was the last time there were Republicans in the White House and the Democrats stood up every uh, which way. And in modern history, it's not something that is necessarily all that unique. And I even talked to Rich Rubino about that. It happens quite frequently. There's someone that wants to challenge a certain state. So just the act of challenging a state isn't inciting violence. It's something that is quite common in that process. So if you go back and look at it as the threshold of encouraging congressmen to uh, to uh, challenge that, that is not the threshold. Because if the threshold is questioning the Electoral College, then does that mean pretty much um, any congressional figure in the past who has challenged also would be complicit in acts of incitement of uh, uh, violence. He goes back and he mentions the legal standard for violent speech is found in the Clarence Brandenburg versus Ohio. As a free speech advocate, I criticized that 1969 case 
in a dangerously vague standard. But even it would tr- uh, but even it would treat the remarks of Trump as protected under the First Amendment. With that case, the government is able to criminalize speech, quote, directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. So even under the high, high, high uh, capability in the I should say the vague use of that speech, even this uh, constitutional law professor would say, no, uh, that speech from the Capitol did not incite violence. It was that the uh, it was not inciting of violence. And then he goes on to speak even more. But if you wanted to go read this commentary from Jonathan Turley, it is well worth your time. I thought he did a great job laying out the case. He said that uh, Democrats are pushing the dangerously vague standard while objecting to their own remarks, given new meaning from critics. Conservatives have pointed to Maxine Waters, asking her Republicans to confront, uh, asking her supporters to confront Republicans in restaurants. Uh, Anion Presley insisted amidst the violent marches last year that, quote, there needs to be unrest in the streets. And Kamala Harris said protesters should not let up, even as some of those marches turned violent. So they can legitimately argue their rhetoric was not meant to be called for violence, but this standard is filled with subjectivity, meaning if you wanted to say that to Trump, there's probably worse things said on those that are calling for it right now that you'd be able to turn that around and say these are absolutely meeting of that threshold then. And that's where that problem lays. The whole problem, this whole understanding of the problem is using this mechanism at a time like this is not the right thing to do. And definitely it is the it is abuse when it comes to um, uh, the power that they're trying to put in here. And as he says, damage the constitution and it's well worth your time. I'm going to have to post this up on social media, this commentary from Jonathan Turley, which I need to mention one more time. He is a liberal, uh, liberal constitutional scholar, liberal constitutional scholar. All right. Uh, when we come back, I wanted to play a couple of clips from 60 Minutes and Nancy Pelosi. There was a few things from this weekend with Senator Roy Blunt. He was on Meet the Press. And then later this hour, I'm actually pretty excited about this. There was a YouTube video that I watched about lost media, and I was sucked in. It was a YouTuber by the name of Lost Media Mike. His channel's called All Things Lost. And I don't know if you know much about this, but there's a group of people, in fact, a large community of people online that specifically try to find lost pieces of media, either songs or movies or television shows or pictures or whatever it is. If it's lost to time and people remember it and can't find it, they do their best detective work to try to hunt this stuff down. So he's going to join us later this hour to discuss some of the things and some of the things that communities are excited about, some things that are found, some things that are still lost in general, what people are doing for it. I, I love this, by the way. I've watched uh, half his videos, and there's a lot of them posted so far, and everyone's great. So he's going to join us on the show in a little bit. Lost Media Mike, looking forward to that, too. It's Overnight America, KMOX. KMOX is St. Louis's news, talk, sports, radio. Yeah, this past week has been a just, it seems like it's just a beating of political stories one after another. And it's nearly impossible to get away from them at this point. I, I really don't know much else of what's going on. Uh, I don't watch the NFL, so I haven't been following any of the games. I do know that from what I saw, so the Browns are going to be taking on the Chiefs next weekend. It's uh, exciting, I guess. I know that since we air the Chiefs games here, 
Um, that's I know for at least St. Louis's sake, people are excited about the uh, opportunities to see them play again, which is something. But other than that, I go online and I see, okay, people complaining about social media. I see people complaining about Facebook and Twitter. I did a video earlier complaining about it because I look at this and think, how am I supposed to even use these platforms anymore? I am so disinterested in all of this in the poison that comes in from them. I'm just so tired of it. I don't know how you can turn it around. Luckily, we're not talking all politics. Luckily, uh, we're going to be able to talk about something fun coming up here in about 10 minutes with All Things Lost, the YouTube channel, and Lost Media Mike. I'm really looking forward to that interview. Uh, real quick, I wanted to bring up a caller who called in. Lou has been holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Uh, hi, uh, Ryan. Thanks for taking the call. I just mm -hmm. wanted to uh, re uh, bring something up uh, to add to what you were talking about, uh, people like Maxine Waters and all that. Um, isn't Wasn't there a, a state senator in Missouri from this area who uh, expressed a wish on social media that the president of the United States be assassinated. Oh, I remember that. And you know what? They didn't even try to remove her from office for that. And she was subsequently elected again to public office. I know. Isn't that something? And, well, and that's my, actually a really good point. And in my dictionary, the definition of sedition is incitement of resistance to or insurrection against lawful authority. Well, isn't the president of the United States the ultimate lawful authority in this country? And isn't, wouldn't that be the ultimate uh, act of uh, sedition to, uh, uh, yeah. on social media, uh, express a wish that he be assassinated? It was terrible, yeah, and I, I remember that. And that was uh, Democratic State Senator Maria Chappelle Nadal, if... Yeah, and I'll tell you what, she does not have a good track record. And on top of all of these different things, it's funny how fast we forget things like that. But in the fury of it, I know that she was condemned by all sides, which is a good thing. But she wasn't removed from office. So they didn't go as far to call for the removal of her office, which really surprised me. And it was well warranted. Well, Lou, thank you for that. I, I completely forgot about that. It's amazing how you can forget. There's so many different examples, though. But I think going back to the constitutional scholar, and just mentioning some of the points he made, if we're going to make that the threshold, then there's a lot of other instances where that could qualify. And I have, you know, a, I have a part of his speech from earlier that day. I think what we'll see, depending on what is presented, I, I really don't know what is talked about behind the scenes, but what are the specific charges for them to do this? Is it just their they, they have a crystal ball and they anticipate. So we're going to guess that he's going to do something we don't like. Thus, we're just preemptively going to try to push him out 10 days before the inauguration. Well, almost now nine days before the inauguration. It's not it's not uh, anything other than political. And I wanted to do this real quick before we take a look at your weather and such. But Senator Roy Blunt was on CBS Face the Nation and was asked about this on a couple of different fronts. I think that he is looking at this in a responsible way. Two Republican senators have now called for the president to resign. Should he? Well, it would be up to him. But my, my view would be what the president should do is now finish the last 10 days uh, of his presidency. So no. Uh, no. Your fellow Republicans have been. It's funny. I would love to see them treat. Uh, Schumer or Pelosi or someone else or any or Kamala Harris or any of those. Uh, well, when she was a senator, I should say 
the same way that they're treating Roy Blunt right here. Uh, they would never. Quite critical, uh, including uh, Liz Cheney, including Mitt Romney, who called this an insurrection and said that the president was directly involved. Uh, Justice Department affidavits have individuals saying they came here because the president told him to. Well, I think the president's uh, decisions and his actions that day and leading up to that day on this topic were clearly reckless. Uh, I said that uh, very early in the evening on Wednesday that this was a tragic day for the, the country and the president had some had involvement in that. Are Republican uh, but, leaders going to hold them accountable in any way for it? Well, I think the country is uh, the, the right way to hold presidents accountable. Uh, the, the president should be very careful over the next 10 days uh, that his behavior is what you'd expect from the leader of the greatest country in the world. Now, my personal view is uh, that the president touched the hot stove on Wednesday and is unlikely to touch it again. Uh, and if that's the case, I think we, we get every day we get closer to the last day of his presidency. We should be thinking more about the first day mm -hmm. of the next presidency than the last day of his presidency, in my view. And I'll be there on that day as the chairman of that event, seeing the new president sworn in. Uh, the, the President Trump says he's not coming. I hope uh, Vice yep. President Pence does. And I was proud to see the vice president step up as I was standing there right with him as one of the four members of Congress that count those electoral ballots and do what the law required us to do. Right. But your fellow Missouri Senator Josh Hall. And this is and I just want to point out real quick. I think that in a lot of ways, what members that you see on CBS or some of these other networks that have an opportunity to question or at least get time is that all they want to hear from are those senators or congressmen that that uh, see the blood in the water and want to circle it. I think that's what they're looking for, those that they could use for their own purpose of trying to push this along even further. And Lindsey Graham was on Fox. He was talking about it. And here, let me play Lindsey Graham, too. I know people are frustrated. Uh, I wanted President Trump to win so badly. I thought he was a consequential president. I think he made the world safer and more prosperous. I'm a constitutional conservative. I believe in federalism, even when I don't like the outcome. Uh, there's a process under our Constitution. I followed it the best I knew how. I stand by my, by my vote. But now tonight, uh, I'm calling on Vice uh, President-elect Biden to pick up the phone and call Nancy Pelosi and the squad to end the second impeachment. President Trump gave a statement last night that was helpful. Uh, it hit the mark. He wants to move on to a peaceful transfer of power. He wants this to end. I've been with him most of the day. He's going to focus on his agenda, his successes for the American people in the next few days. But Joe Biden said it's up to Congress regarding impeachment. No, President-elect Biden, it's up to you. All right. So his idea is if you were to Step in and make a, at least a note here to show them that you are in command. But I think a lot of people question if Biden is in command to begin with. I think, if anything, the fact that he's somewhat allowing this, um, you know, going down this dirt road and, and wanting to either points out one of two things, either that this is what he would like to see um, could be the case. You know, could you blame him? But the other side of it would be maybe that they are directing him, as in you can see the Pelosi Schumers are going to be the ones that are calling the plays here. 
and Biden's going to be complicit with it. He's not really strong enough to make a stand on his own. It could be one of those deals. But the next 10 days, um, if you thought the last week was crazy, this next 10 days are going to be a continuation of the incredibly difficult feelings that you have either way, left or right. And then on top of that, if you're going to go on social media, you're just going to see people lose their minds over and over again. I it's so hard to even log into social media. If anything, it's just a complete reminder that whenever you do look at a Facebook or Twitter, whatever it is, it's just filled with a bunch of uh, sediments that are going to be there to poison your mind. (laughs) That's all it is. It's either going to try to get you riled up because you hate the president, riled up because you like the president. It's just there to get you all worked up. And it's not even constructive by any means. It is just blood in the water. And that's what we've seen at least the last couple of days. It is actually, again, a great reminder that these social media networks were designed to poison your brain and addict you to keep coming back in a way that is not healthy. And you need to cut yourself from the time you spend on those things. Remember the Netflix documentary that came out just a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, I should say, The Social Dilemma? Isn't that something? You're even shown it right on a platter in front of you, just how a danger, uh, dangerously addictive these things are and the way that they psychologically rewire your brain. And it's not a healthy thing for us to do. And then all of the other the norms that are broken when it comes to security and when it comes to your own personal information. And still we continue to buy ourselves right back into it. Not good at all. And just another reminder of it as it's playing out right in front of us. All right. When we come back, this is actually something pretty exciting. He is the host of all things lost it's a youtube page that i was really into the idea that there's lost media things that were created put out and then lost to time and people are out there searching and hunting for these things is an awesome deal so the host of this youtube page lost media mike is going to join us after the break it's overnight america kmox news radio 1120 kmox the voice of the cardinals Every once in a while, when I'm watching uh, YouTube, I'll get a recommendation for a page or some sort of YouTube uh, video that they think I would like. And I saw this one from the page, All Things Lost. And you can actually look it up on YouTube now. The host of the YouTube channel, All Things Lost, Lost Media Mike. Thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Hi, thanks for having me. I am excited to have you on because I've just gone through and watched a lot of your videos. And I think it's so neat that there is a community of people online that specifically are trying to hunt down and document lost pieces of media. And I hope you might be able to describe to us the things that this community, like yourself, things that you're looking for. Yeah, so with the lost media community, we're basically looking for any piece of media that can't be accessed, whether that means it's been destroyed or withheld from the public. Um, but this could be anything from like a lost movie, episode of a TV show, books, to even even art and pieces from the Internet that have been lost. When we hear this description, you <clears throat> think, well, if it's a mass produced something, obviously it's out there. But that's not really the case. There's a lot of things that were mass produced and put out for the public to enjoy <clears throat> that over time have been completely lost. And all we have are memories of these things. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the ones that comes to mind um, is Sesame Street. Sesame Street, you know, massively successful and popular show, has a massive amount of lost media. And the, the kind of the worst thing about them is they're kind of jerks about it. Like when you put when we find the lost <laughs> media, they, they put it we put it online. They take it down. They know it's out there like they have it, but they're not they're not giving it to us. They won't let us have it. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of is that Weird Al music video, White and Nerdy, when he goes to the back alley oh, to get the Star Wars Christmas video. That's kind of what it's like. There's some things that are just like back alley. You gotta, It's on a VHS tape, and as soon as you try to distribute it, it sounds like the lawyers come out, which is kind of a shame if you think about it. But the, people, like they, they, some things they purposely want to hide and make sure it doesn't get out there. It, but it seems like that's not the majority of the cases that you document. A lot of times it's just... It, it wasn't recorded or it was destroyed without a copy being made. And then people are out there trying to find if there is any left. Yeah. Um, there's one example I'd like to share with you that actually, actually related to Star Wars. I was just, I was just thinking of that one. Um, there's this movie called Black Angel. It was a short movie that was um, shown before Return of the Jedi back in the 80s. It was released in just like the UK and Australia played before the movie. And it was directed by the art director of the original Star Wars, Roger Christian. And George Lucas had funded him the money at the, for the movie as a gift for doing the original Star Wars for him. Um, but after it was done um, showing before Return of the Jedi, the, the negatives were lost. Even the director couldn't find them. And it oh, took wow. over 30 years before the Universal Archive Studio was able to come up and find this, this movie years later, 30 years later, so the director could have people experience it again. Wow. It's something else. And even, I guess, more contemporary uh, recently in the last five years when MySpace deleted everything, there was all kinds of yeah. music that was only saved on that website that was completely lost. I mean, a lot of music. Now, I don't know if there was anything there that would be considered from a major recording artist, but still yeah. people that were recording things uh, and didn't want it to be lost forever. They didn't have a choice in the matter. And I know Google's going to be doing something here soon, too, aren't they? In the next couple of years, going to be purging some of the things that are being stored on their servers, too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Google's currently in the, in the works of, of deleting a lot of things. So the lost media community is kind of in a, in a rush to save some of those things. Kind of like with yeah. Flash, how it's not being um, used on browsers anymore. So we're kind of in a rush to, to archive Flash. <laughs> Oh, yeah. When people go back and they try to find games that they remember mm -hmm. playing on their browser from the yeah. you know late 90s, early 2000s. Sometimes people have these things saved on computers that are just sitting in their basement somewhere. Uh, how often is it that people have things that are lost and don't know it? Or is that a pretty rare occurrence, too? Um, it does happen fairly often. There's a ton of TV shows that have missing episodes that likely someone recorded. Likely someone recorded on their VHS tape, you know, back in like the 80s or 90s, and I've just never didn't know it's lost. Um, you know, of course, we talked about Sesame Street's a big one. Doctor Who has a surprising amount of, of lost episodes also. Those might be a little more rare because they're, like, on film canisters. Like, the people don't have those laying around. Um, but a couple, like, shows that come to mind, like Wheel of Fortune, another massively successful show. The early run from, like, the first 10 years, 75 to 85, a large number of, of episodes are missing through there. And even more wow. recently, like um, Fear Factor, Spring Break 2002 has a missing episode, which you wouldn't think it's so another popular show, so recent as another missing episode.
I like that word. I mean, the interesting thing about this is that people know they're missing. So if you go back, how far of Wheel of Fortune would you have to know there's a missing episode? Like, oh, I remember that one and I can't find it. I mean, you have to be a diehard yeah. fan to know that's missing. Absolutely. Yeah. And so many game shows are like that because why would they re- you know, release game shows for home media? You know, it just seems like something that was only enjoyable in the moment. And they're still making episodes. So you'd probably watch the newer ep- episodes. And radio is like that, too, because we do a terrible job documenting our own radio stations and Mm -hmm. there'll be things that are saved. And then there are things that just um, either were deleted or not saved altogether that people have memories from. I guess some people could make the argument that there are probably unimportant things that were missed when you broadcast 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there's going to be a lot of mundane things that aren't really going to be worthy of you saving it. But then there's going to be a lot of things you wish you had an archive of. And the, the way storage was back then, you had to have a physical tape to save it on and that took up space and you had to put it in an area where the actual physical tape or the uh, reel or whatever it was, wasn't going to disintegrate. So there's all these different conditions that had to be met. It's no wonder why all these old things disappear because you know the archives probably weren't kept up yeah and those kind of things were expensive too like thinking about reels back in the day those were kind of expensive so they had to just keep reusing them over and over that's how doctor who got lost because they kept reusing the tape for old episodes and also uh, the whole idea about nasa and the moon landing there's still that original tape (laughs) that's missing a lot of what we see online or anywhere today when they when they do a documentary or whatever it's what was recorded off of the television broadcast the original recording tapes are still missing aren't they yeah yeah the the actual data transmitted from the moon to earth is is lost like they they just deleted it they thought people hadn't had you know enough copies laying around where they could archive it but they have a much high quality there's a much more high quality tape that they deleted they deleted the raw data and the raw yeah. footage versus the stuff that was broadcast all across the country yeah so the YouTube page is All Things Lost and host Lost Media Mike joining us on KMOX. Do, is that your biggest thrill? One day you'll walk into a garage sale, find a box of VHS tapes, you'd bring it home, and you find one of these lost pieces of media? Oh, man, absolutely. I always hope to find like some, <laughs> like some hard drive laying around you know, at a garage sale and just find like a lost video game on it or like a, a movie that was stolen or something like that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Lost video games. It's that, those things are lost music. There's all kinds of things that are lost that could be on a hard drive somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So what are some of those things? That, and I'm kind of curious if there's anything that uh, an average Joe like me or think about this listening audience. The demographic is, um, we'll say, over 50. OK, so <laughs> they may have VHS tapes in their basement. What are those things that are the coveted things that people may have in their basements in storage right now that are lost, that people are just dying to find? Yeah. So, so um, Ryan, like I had mentioned, the um, Wheel of Fortune, of course, like the first 10, the first 10 years of that. Um, also, the show Top Gear, like that, that British, uh, the British car show, has a massive amount of lost episodes. It's really surprising. Like from 77 to 2001, there's a bunch of missing episodes. Um, also, like going back to like the 70s, um, that old soap opera that was made into a movie, Dark Shadows. I think there's one episode that's gone missing from that one, which is kind of bizarre. You know, it's this really popular show and only one single episode is lost uh, episode 1219 <laughs> um, but yeah along with that the sesame street ton of sesame street has been lost a lot of that early stuff um probably the most the most infamous one of all is the the wicked witch it's where uh, margaret hamilton reprised her role from the wicked witch back um 
back to you know the old Technicolor movie. She reprised her role, and it scared so many kids they never aired the episode again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I would love that one to be out there. Well, there's some clips of these things are out there, aren't there? Yeah. So with the Sesame Street one, that one's the frustrating one because we have a few clips. I actually just thought, about a month ago, someone sent to me. Um, they like a boot. Like I guess Sesame Street has held a screen of some of these lost episodes, and someone like had like a camera, like like pressed against their body, recording <laughs> these lost episodes. So you can you can see parts of the Wicked Witch, like all this like shaky hand cam, recorded in oh, 2019. Wow. You know, it's come to think about it, too. Isn't one of the Super Bowls also missing? Yeah, Super Bowl two. <laughs> you know, Super Bowl one wasn't wasn't like a, a super big deal. It didn't thought it was just going to be another another like divisional matchup kind of thing. So there wasn't a whole lot of press around it. But Super Bowl two, there was a ton of press around it. And a bunch of it's gone missing. And it hasn't been re um, shown by the NFL network. Oh, wow. Yeah, if I remember correctly, that some dude has it in a safe, but he, they yeah, threaten yeah. to sue it or they don't want to buy it from him. And he doesn't want to just give it to them because they don't want to give him anything for it. So he holds that the only out, copy yeah. for this thing. Yeah, it, that's amazing to think he's holding this thing hostage, but good for him to hold out because it's the NFL's oh, yeah. fault for not having a copy of this. They should at least do something for the guy. I mean, it's like he has a winning lotto ticket. They won't let him cash in. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a massive piece of history that needs to be out there. They should be spending all the money they, they have to get that. Like, And they yeah. have it laying around. We know it. <laughs> yeah, of course. And it's just there. All of these different pieces of lost media, it's amazing, but also not so amazing at the same time, knowing our own problems with archiving history. Do you mind holding on after the break? I'd love to uh, continue to talk to you about this. Absolutely. So the YouTube page is All Things Lost. You can do a search for them on YouTube. And Lost Media Mike will continue our conversation with them next on Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. The YouTube page is called All Things Lost, and the host of that YouTube page is Lost Media Mike. Thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Hi there. Oh, Lost Media Mike. There we go. I I really do appreciate this. I think it's so cool. You have a pretty big following. I go online and I look at the hundreds of thousands. Uh, How many downloads or I should say views do you have on YouTube altogether? Um, Actually, just a couple weeks ago, it hit a million. Yeah, I've only been doing this for about seven, six, seven months. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's a huge accomplishment, so I'm, I'm happy to hear that. But you put out some really creative and good things. It's, it got me hooked, and I'm so glad that you responded when I said, hey, would you come on my show, please? I'm so into this. And I, it's, a, it's a weird community because I think that people know that there are avid fans that record everything, and Grateful Dead are probably mm-hmm. one of those great examples. Like, it, There's probably every single Jerry Garcia Grateful Dead concert ever performed, recorded in archives somewhere. But then there's things that you would think, okay, well, what about whatever and fill in the blank. And then there's nothing. And I remember the early Mm -hmm. days of the internet uh, and and those early days of the internet where it was really difficult to find anything when search engines were, you know, not all that great. I remember, you know, internet before Google and things just were not archived or things were not documented on the internet. But now so many different people do whatever they can to save as much as they can. And I think it's cool to go back and look at the things, the cracks that haven't been filled yet. Um, I'm kind of curious, what are some of those like the most sought after lost pieces of media, the ones that are like the holy grail that people are always looking for? 
Um, yeah, so one of the ones, the first one that comes to my mind is the movie The Day the Clown Cried. It was actually like a comedy by Jerry Lewis, the, the comedian, about the Holocaust. Hmm. And he, he ended up making the movie, and it did not play well. It did, the comedy didn't work. The drama didn't work. And he just thought it was so bad, he didn't want anyone to ever see it. So he kept it, he kept it hidden since the 70s. Um, wow. But this one does have a bit of a silver lining because um, it was, I think it's gone to the Library of Congress now under the stipulation that he, they can release it in 2024. So ah. this, this massively sought-after piece of lost media does have some hope of being found someday. Wow. So 2024, would that be like roughly five years after his death? He didn't he just pass last year or was it two years yeah, ago? Yeah, now? it was oh. fairly recently. And that's that's how kind of how yeah. they got the, the film. I believe it was his son who who gave the Library of Congress this movie. Wow. It, that's something else. So people do want to see that. Are there stills? I, I'm sure there people have seen it that obviously were part of the screening and they might be the only ones in the world that get to see the thing. Yeah, every once in a while there'll be a, a celebrity that's come out to say that they they've seen it and it's just as bad as everyone thinks it is. They some people even say it's worse. <laughs> people, oh no! People describe it. Lewis. There are <laughs> yeah, there are a few clips out there. You can find a few handful of clips and some screenshots and things like that. Yeah, that to me, when the agent comes and says we got a Holocaust comedy, you think the answer would be <laughs> no, but you know yeah. Jerry Lewis thought oh, I'll give this a try. Uh, what else is out there? What are some of those most sought after things? Um, so a few of my favorite are the um, like the um, ones that are really sought after is the is the movie Food Fight. So this was a, essentially a Toy Story based in a grocery store where the food mascots would come to live at night. Um, and I, I did a video on this one. Um, and in 2002, in the middle of production, the movie was stolen. I don't even know how you would go about stealing a movie. Um, I don't know if it was like a drag and drop process onto a hard drive, but this movie got stolen. Um, and they instead of just cutting their losses, they ended up making the movie again. They ended up redoing the entire movie, and it's just an absolute train wreck of a movie. Um, mm. But we do have a, a trailer from this older version, the one that was stolen, and it does look like it might be a little bit better. So we always <laughs> hope that we can maybe find this stolen version. It will be better than the terrible food fight movie we got. Oh, wow. You know, that reminds me, too. I think it was Paul and Linda McCartney. They were overseas filming or no, I should say recording an album and they were mugged and the muggers didn't steal the master tapes, which they had on them. So there was almost a whole Paul McCartney album that was lost. Oh, man, I didn't know that. Wow. (laughs) And they I think they stole the car and they had no idea what this device, you know, it was these big reels or whatever. They probably never seen one before. Didn't realize the extreme value of having a Paul McCartney master tape right out of it. So that would have uh, averted disaster on something like that. I want to go through. I got to next time I go to my parents' house, I'm just going to have to thumb through any VH uh, test uh, tapes that they have, because now I almost want to make it a mission to find something lost. It gets me excited to think that there could be a hidden treasure somewhere. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best feeling when you think you found something, you're like on the trail, you're, you're getting the leads, you're getting, you're tracking down tapes and you think you might get this, this piece of lost media. That's a great feeling. So are, is there a list of things that people are trying to search for out there? Absolutely. There's a, a site called the Lost Media Wiki, um, and it's a, it's, just a, it's a self-run community where people can write their own pages and archive these kind of things. Um, and so they, this site, you know, they, they require fact-checking, they require sources, so you know these things are, are real and have some validity behind them. But yeah, that, sort, they, those, that community does um, 
does archive all these things they're they're looking for, and when they find them too, they archive that as well. You know what? All it never ceases to amaze me the things that the internet will do. Sometimes the internet is just terrible, and then other times someone will say, "I remember one thing from when I was a kid, and it was something like this." And there'll be hundreds of people that'll go out and search for it. It's just it's such a weird thing the internet. <laughs> Absolutely, there's some really famous pieces of lost media that come from just that. Someone's like, "Hey, I remember this." And then people try to put it all together and like, oh, this isn't, no one has this at all. And so it turns into this massive search. There's a, another, another Sesame Street short called Crack Master, which was kind of about this um, girl who would make imaginary friends with the cracks in her walls. And it was aired in the 70s. But when the, um, when the crack cocaine epidemic hit, hit in the 80s, they couldn't keep playing that anymore. They couldn't have a show called Crack Master <laughs> running in the 80s. <laughs> and so, so it led to this massive search for people like, I remember this show. It was definitely on Sesame Street. And it just led to this bigger and bigger search until someone finally anonymously sent it to the lost media community. We still don't know who sent it. We don't know who made the show because it was outsourced from Sesame Street. And so uh-huh. we, we uncover one mystery, but we, it raises a ton more questions. Well, I just went to Twitter to see if someone has the handle Crackmaster, and as it turns out, it looks like some kid in Indonesia has Crackmaster as the handle. So looks like someone jumped on that pretty quick. Um, now, I, I want to point out, too, that it, this is a, a very active thing, so it's not like we have a complete list of everything that's lost. There's a lot of things that are continuously added to it. I want to make sure people can find your video. So what's the best place for them to go to kind of see some of the ones that you've highlighted? Um, yeah, so if you just you can either just Google or go on YouTube and just type in um, All Things Lost, and if that doesn't come up, I think there's a band called All Things Lost. If you just put All Things Lost Media, then it will definitely come up with my channel, come up with some of my videos, um, and those also have the resources like the Lost Media Wiki that can kind of lead you on this on the right path to these searches. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of things that people are actively trying to cover up. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of things out there that could be posted but aren't allowed to. I would really hope that some of these big companies would play ball with it and just allow these lost pieces to be put out there. But, you know, one could only hope. But I, I got to say, yeah, I, I, I've really enjoyed your videos. And any moment I get to watch them, if I see them up there, uh, I don't know how frequently you're posting, but it seems like, you know, once a week, couple of, a couple of weeks, uh, once every couple of weeks. It's really great. So I got to say. If anyone listening right now has any interest in finding lost media or want to see some things that are lost, All Things Lost, the YouTube page, is where you can find it right there. And I also got to say it was a huge thrill to talk to you, Lost Media Mike. Thank you for coming on to KMOX. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I really appreciate it. All Things Lost on YouTube. Definitely go check them out. He joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. It's Overnight America, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.